Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Roll Up and Die. My name is Barker, and I'm here to remind you of an event coming up this coming Thursday, June 30th. Myself, Alex, and Matt are going to be on a YouTube hangout, a live stream, playing the Microscope RPG. It's like a world-building, campaign-setting, collaborative awesome RPG event. We're excited for it. We're also excited to give away two free PDF copies of the Microscope RPG via a contest that we'll be having. So, for news on how you can watch us play and potentially win the Microscope RPG, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash rollupanddie. Enjoy the episode! It's still Sunday, June 26th, 2016, and you're listening to episode 49 of Roll Up and Die. So I actually, I do have something uh, that I want to say about our Facebook page ah. and about the uh, questions that people ask. It's kind of a secret that uh, hasn't really been a secret, but it's something that I've been doing before every podcast. And I don't know if you guys do it too, but I will, you know, if at facebook.com slash roll up and die, we do the questions every episode where we'll post our topic. People come in, they can ask their questions and we... You know, pick the one with the most it, likes, yeah. and then we try to address it on the show, right? Um, what I do, this is kind of like cheating, is I will look at all the questions before the episode mm. just to see what people might be interested in hearing about, just to try to get all the answers that I that we might possibly get for all these ah, people cool. who have absolutely, asked. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And oftentimes what I'll find is like, and, and this has happened during the maps episode is we, someone asked a question about dungeon maps and I had, I had never even thought about dungeon maps in the mapping episode. Mm-hmm. So that was like, yeah. Oh dude. So I started taking notes on that. So, um, right. If you are listening right now, first of all, welcome to the podcast. We've just kicked it off with this, <laughs> with this banter topic. If you're listening to this, um, and you find that, you know, you you know, you know that only one question gets answered. You should still post a question on uh, the uh, on the Roll Up and Die Facebook page, and the reason Absolutely. is because if it's something inspiring to us that we want to talk about, we can absolutely jump in, and probably will mm-hmm. jump in and kind of address it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So definitely check out our Facebook page and participate, man. We love having people ask questions and stuff like that. Well, and I've, I've noticed, too, that when people post questions, like little okay. impromptu sort of discussions will start to take place, like on the post. Right. Like someone, right will, yes. someone will be like, oh, this is a really interesting question. Like, here's how I do it and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, never yeah. be afraid to, to post a, a question because it, uh, and, yeah. And see, that's exactly the reason why I don't go to the to the list and, and read the questions because I, I feel compelled to answer them right there. So I, sometimes right. I'll even start <laughs> typing. It's, oh, well, you know, you could do yeah. this. And, no, save it for no, the podcast. Bad, save it for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we actually, we have a couple people in a, I know uh, Ben B, 
uh, mm-hmm. does a lot of responding to people's yeah. questions there because it yeah, does like spur great. some discussions. Uh, Dwayne W uh, is another member of our Roll Up and Die Facebook group, and he does a lot mm-hmm. of answering questions yeah. and a lot of spurring the discussion. So, yeah. yeah. Hit up that Facebook page. God, this feels so weird. We're jumping right into talking to the listener instead of <laughs> talking about poop and workouts and weird, funny accents. And, and weather. Weather. Yeah. That's right. Man, we should figure out a way to get all those topics <clears throat> in in like a minute. A literal shitstorm. <laughs> you just did it. I did it. Boom. You just did it. We're, no, hang on. Hang on. Jogging during a shitstorm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How much protein oh do you my. think is manifested in a shitstorm? <laughs> no, no, let me let me rephrase that. How much protein do you think is manifested during a shitstorm? Well, you say you got to know if it's an herbivore or a carnivore. That's going to make a difference, you know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh man. Um I feel like this just reminded me. I feel like if you're out there and you're listening and you do audio work or whatever, you should, for the love of Pete, make a satire version of Roll Up and Die. <laughs> I thought we were a self parody. Yeah, well, that's yeah, true. It's like we're doing such a good job of making fun of ourselves. Yeah, it's true. Well, I guess we're done here. We we could we'll make a, a second podcast called uh, <laughs> re, 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 re Roll Up and Die. Unroll up, unravel and live. Unravel and live. (laughs) Yeah. Uh. Welcome everybody to unravel and live. God, I almost made a mistake saying it. I can't do it. Um. Okay, but this is actually super important thing that we need to talk about. Yeah, that's right. This currently is episode forty nine, which is nice. It's okay, but. Our next episode is going to be episode 50. And in the last episode, we talked about how we're going to do something awesome. Super awesome. Super awesome. I'm really excited for this. And we decided, by we decided, I meant I forced Matt and Alex (laughs) at gunpoint to accept Uh, my idea. We were under no duress at any time. (laughs) Well done, Alex. Nor are we now. Good. Yes. That's exactly (laughs) like I told. I'm sorry. Never mind. Uh, Anyway. Um. Yes, we're going to play, I put play in quotation marks, you can't see it, but we're going to play Microscope. It is a fractal role-playing game slash world-building fun event, and yeah. uh, you can get the book on RPG as well as uh, on uh, Amazon and other places like that. Basically, I've started reading it, it's awesome, and I, wanna, it is. I want it to be like my, what, like remember <laughs> Alex when you ran the Cthulhu game? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was like a special moment for me. It was the first time I ever ever played Cthulhu, and I don't know. It would, we thought it would be a cool fiftieth episode thing. So um, now there are a couple things here. First off, we are giving away two PDF copies of Microscope. We're going to have a contest. We are not sure what the specifics of that contest are yet, but um, that's going to come a little bit later when I tell you to keep track of us on our Facebook page at roll up at, at Facebook. Dang it. <laughs> I always make the mistake. Our Facebook page is at <laughs> facebook.com slash roll up and die. The other thing you're going to be keeping track of is when this is going to happen. Cause there's a chance that the only way to win this contest is to actually attend the live stream of this happening. Cause we're going to do it live. So, there's a chance that this is going to happen. I think this is going to happen when I'm in Washington with you, Matt. Yeah. So 
We're gonna be holding hands. We might be snuggled up doing this on the on on the bed here. We tuckled up, tuckled up in a comforter. <laughs> yeah, podcast and chill. Yeah, made out of this podcast and chill. <laughs> uh, we're gonna, we're gonna light <laughs> some candles. It's gonna be great. You know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> we're gonna crack open a bottle of wine and just see where microscope goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, oh. Ooh, man, I almost had a heart attack on air. Uh, so uh, oh. that's probably going to happen. And, and yes. we're going to have to figure out, you know, the details of how we're going to broadcast the index cards that are involved with microscope. But but anyway, the point is, we don't know when we're going to yeah. do this yet. Uh, like when exactly this whole thing is going to happen. But we do know that I'm going to be in Washington when it happens. And we do know that when we when we know all the details, we're going to put it up on our Facebook page. So make sure you like our Facebook page. Make sure you check it every once in a while. Uh, I'm sure we'll also talk about it on the you know other Facebook pages that we're a part of, uh, the uh, Absolute Tabletop official page, uh, the RPG Brigade, the RPG Brigade After Dark. Uh, do you have a Critical Hit Publishing page, Alex? Yep, Critical Hit Publishing. Critical yeah. Hit Publishing, we're going to talk about it there. Um <clears throat> Just everywhere. So just be aware, have your eyes open, and I'm stoked. I, I hope you guys are as stoked as I am. Yeah. I think I'm it's going to be great. To this. Yeah, it, and we were talking about this, and it's kind of like a, you know, going to be one big idea you can steal, basically. Yeah. <laughs> in this case, it's a, it's, a, it's a world you can steal. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it's I'm really excited about what we're going to come up with. It'd yeah, be really cool if we <clears throat> made something, and it was so cool that we had like a roll-up and die setting. That'd be awesome. <laughs> that would, but there yeah, is a possibility that, cool. that this is going to just be a massive shitstorm of sliding <laughs> penguins with funny accents. Yeah, that you're jogging through. <laughs> that you're jo- <laughs> you're jogging through a storm of penguins. <laughs> a storm, not to be confused with a storm of swords, the uh, a Song of Ice and Fire. No, book. That's this a is common, a storm of penguins. Is that, is that how, is that how to describe a group of penguins? <laughs> a storm, a storm of, of penguins. penguins. <laughs> yes. Oh yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! What is the what? Is, what is the funniest grouping of animal mm. name that you've thought that you've? Hmm. Uh, Murder of crows. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. That's yeah. the best one. That one. That's easy <clears throat> because it's like, damn, <laughs> like that's intense. A yeah. murder of crows. God, a right? whole daggum murder of them. Damn, right outside the window. I've always thought. Well, they, uh, well in uh, the old days, they were they were the ones who showed up first at a at a death. You know, that is true. That is true. That's the very old days. I, uh, I, I've always thought gaggle was such a funny word. Like <laughs> it's a fun yeah. one to say. Yeah. It's sure. like, we got a gang of <clears throat> geese over here. It's like, bro, you ain't scary. You're geese. Yeah. <laughs> you a gaggle. Um, another one that I really like is, um, I believe it's, I can't remember if it's chimps or apes is a troop. A so troop, you have a yeah. troop yeah. of chimps or apes. Oh, yeah. are we talking about like an army troop or a comedy troop? Like what? What's the spelling? It's 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 army troop, man. I'd really hope it's like yeah. comedy troop, like whitest kids you know. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> not no. so much. No. And there's so, a pod of whales. Yeah, pod of whales. Pod is a good one. Yeah, I like I like pod. What if you were in multiples, Matt, Alex, and myself? We should decide what your grouping would be called. Well, before oh, before we do that, I want to ask you guys. So I rem- I don't know why I remember this, but it has stuck with me through all of these years in elementary school. Do you guys know what a pack of cats is called? 
Um, like, are we talking Pro- house cats? Well, and with lions, it's a pride, but... I mean, like, just, um, like, domestic cats. Huh. Is it called a... All right, let's guess. Is it called a fluff? No, but you're very close. It's called a pounce. A oh. pounce of cats. <laughs> pounce of cats. And then oh. it's always stuck with me for some reason. <laughs> well, does it get any cuter than that? You know, I know. Exactly. You just imagine all these little kittens pouncing. It's like, yeah. Oh, it's so cute. Just a it's, a, it's, a, it's a pounce of cats and a, and a hug of puppies. <laughs> it's an adorable of kittens. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, on to your question, Barker. I, yeah, my very I serious question. I, I know. <laughs> Let's not um, mess this up here. So if there were like nine or ten mats, just... <laughs> hang on, just I got the perfect on, no, one. No, I just imagined it, it's, and it got me so good. It's <laughs> They're all standing Barker, there. Barker, yeah. it's a load of mats. <laughs> I knew you were going to say <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> a load of loads. <laughs> Dude, I don't know if you remember Matt, but I'm hoping that you do. When we were making our own call, like our own uh, uh, werewolf, no, no, white wolf gaming games. Oh yes, you chose Matt the load. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, a load of mats. All right, yep. what are you, Gopnog? Oh jeez, uh, maybe a creep. <laughs> creep of Gopnog. A creep of Alex. A creep of Alex. Yeah, oh, I don't, you got to be careful when they're crossing the road, man. You you, you got to wait for him. <laughs> um, see, you guys are good at this because you are uh, fair. I want to be like a yeah. I, it would be a badass of Barkers. That's what I think it would be. <laughs> badass of Barkers. Yeah. But I, right. I feel like you need to come up with mine. Oh, um, just for the sake of fairness, you know. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be like you know a handsome of barkers. I'm gonna say a a, a stride of barkers. That's oh, a good one. yeah, that's a good it, one. Because you got because you got a long gun. stride, man. Because you're right. a tall guy. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I I live this life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any other life to live. I don't know any other life to live. You know, I could help you know what life to live this is going to be a terrible segue but here it goes go for okay. it i could help you by giving you the tools that you require uh, it sounded like a uh, german stuka bomber coming down to drop a dive bomb on me like a <laughs> torpedo that's <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was that's, that's what you just put on the german accent yes that was very funny <laughs> well done. That is exactly what I was trying to do. Yes, very humorous. I'm laughing inside right now. Welcome, everybody, to Roll Up and Die. You're hilarious, if I do say so myself. RPG podcast. My name is Barker. And my name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnug. And I do promise you that that segue did somewhat mean <clears throat> something. Our, we're, today we're talking about <laughs> tools in your toolbox as a game master bringing them to the table, preparing for the game. What do you use? What do GMs use? What do we recommend you use? What do we use ourselves? Today we're talking about tools. And uh, Matt, this was your idea to talk about this. Can you elaborate a little bit on what you think we're going to be talking about today? Absolutely. So one of the things that I love looking at and hearing about and talking about is what people use at the table. So whenever I'm watching any sort of D&D game online, um, 
you know, whether it be like a Chris Perkins game or the recent um, uh, Titans Grave game with uh, that was GM'd by Will mm. Wheaton, <clears throat> I always mm-hmm. look at what they have. Like I, yeah. I, 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 I look at the screen, I look at the notebook, I look at the dice, I try to see what do they use during the game and i i love mm-hmm. looking at that and you know even down to is he using a pencil or a pen you know and just like things like that <laughs> like i i'm i'm fascinated by it and i'm constantly trying to find the things that i like to have at the table with me and um mm. more importantly stripping it down to the bare essentials like having as little in front of me while i'm running a game as i you know the bare necessities basically so that's why mm-hmm. it is interesting to me uh thinking about what you bring to the table and how you prepare for a game and all all the things like that. I think it's sort of a broad topic, but I think we can kind of focus it down to the nitty gritty and and, uh, talk about what works for us. See, I think one of the things you wanted yeah. to do was for us to go around and kind of talk about what we use. <clears throat> yes. And, and that's, yeah. I, that excites I like that. me because I want to know what you guys use. B- you because know? I think we all run games very, very differently, you know, yeah. just yeah. based on what I know <clears throat> of you guys and how you prep and how you run a game. So I'm very interested to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't know much, but I know that, Matt, you like to dress up in a pretty, pretty wizard costume. <laughs> and I... Yeah, I've costume, heard, right. Mm-hmm. I've heard that Alex... <laughs> I've heard that Alex does a ritual slaughter before every game. Yeah, usually it's a... He used to have rabbit, nine but... kids. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you're confused, Barker. I think Alex does a, a, a ritual <clears throat> sacrifice every night. And it just so happens that he also games sometimes after the sacrifice. They're, yeah. they're not connected in any way. It is, yeah, it's Cor- coincidental. Correlation does not equal causation. Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, oh, uh, Alex, you know, yeah. you you, um, you run games. <laughs> Sorry. Once in a while, I've heard. Come Ooh. here often, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> What's a GM like you doing in a uh, 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 thing like this? A thing like this, Alex. What do you think about the topic? Like, what what is uh, what is why why are I like it? Why are tools important for you? <laughs> well, I have to say that it, this one's hard for me because the tools really depend on the type of game I'm running, you know, as to how I use them. But generally speaking, uh, I do most of my gaming online right now, so I have um, the 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 text file I have on my screen uh, while I'm running the game is the past and the present and the future are in a, are on paper. They're in my little metal notebook that I, that I, that I write in. And so once, once, you know, once we're past a certain point, then, then I'll transfer that information to the, to the hit, to the past document, basically, if you think of it that way. And so mm-hmm. there's always this transition from one to the other. Um, but yeah, those, those are the, I mean, those, those are the basic physical tools, I guess. Yeah. I, I think one of the, one of the reasons I was excited about the topic is that I am always looking for something to organize my prep or to mm-hmm. organize my games, yeah. tools, calendars, everything. It's the ADHD in me. Mm-hmm. I hate organization, but I need it. <clears throat> and yeah. So I'm always looking for new yeah. ways to you know, prepare or run mm-hmm. games. Uh, Matt shared with me a really great method a while back what is that called mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a prep method but it's also <clears throat> kind of like a uh, uh almost like a, a session timeline what is that yeah called? it's the it's the ir method the i-a-r-r which stands for uh introduction action <clears throat> role play and resolution mm-hmm. um, and it's just a it's a really like structured but still very open-ended way 
to uh, structure your scenes. So each scene has a role play element and action that can be done and a resolution, which may or may not include, you know, rewards and things like that. So it's a very, yeah. it's very like simplistic, but yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, you can put it on one sheet of paper and it allows you to like improv around it really, really easily. So. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's important is to have it compact and, and in yeah. one place. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Sure. And this isn't like, you know, an episode on prep, in you know specifically but that's just an example of one of the things i saw and i'm like oh i want to use that now you know so that's what excites me is i want to know what you guys use i want to kind of share what i use and Mm -hmm. maybe you know improve my you know bring maybe maybe come up with some uh inspiration of new tools that i can bring to the table because that's that's one of the benefits of being on this podcast is i'm on this podcast with two people that are smarter than me yeah um (laughs) i don't i don't know what huh well, I can learn from you guys. And we can learn from you too, Barker. I like it. Here's the deal. Here's the yeah. deal, Matt. You can't be modest about it right after you say, yeah. You said, <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, oh, wait, no, Barker. No, that's a, just an <laughs> example <laughs> of how how not intelligent I am because I was agreeing with you before I fully. I would argue like, you were agreeing <laughs> with me because you knew I was right. No, I don't think so. Okay, all right. All I right. don't think that's true. <sighs> well, let's I get started. I don't care for your tone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I. <laughs> you, all right, sorry. Dad. <clears throat> um, I don't know how we're gonna do microscope together in the same room with all of this fighting that goes on in the family. <laughs> well, it's gonna be it's gonna be like an episode of uh, the Osbournes, I think, mostly. <laughs> oh man, how old the is feet? that show? Anyway, I don't know. That was a, not a relevant reference gosh, at all. Not even that's a little all bit. right. That's all right. Let's go around in a uh, proverbial digital circle. Yeah. <clears throat> and each share one tool uh, that we bring to the table. And I feel like okay. we could probably do this for quite some time. So yes, sure. I guess my uh, my 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 outline is the the tool that I refer to most as far as uh, in the course of the game. But it's a very it's a very kind of um, what I tend to write out is what's going to happen if the characters don't intervene in what's going on. And again, this is kind of general because some games, uh, again, I run very different depending on like if it's going to be a more action game or if it's going to be more political intrigue or investigation. And, and because they, they all require kind of a different uh, different set of tools. You know, you're going to be doing different things. But in general, <clears throat> I, I kind of write a um, kind of a little description of what's going to happen unless you know unless the pcs do something about it basically yeah i like that that's a really good way of looking at it uh i'm gonna go next and then matt you'll go third just to keep it swift (laughs) uh one of the things i really like to bring to the table is my intro i uh really like to take Mm. a a point or a page out of the books of television shows like Heroes and Lost. I like to do a previously in mm-hmm. our campaign, or you know, if if the campaign has a title like The Winds of Cerceline, previously on The Winds of Cerceline, as if it's a TV show, and I will write up a nice intro that reads nicely that <clears throat> covers a lot of the important points that I mm-hmm. think this session will talk about. So if one of the NPCs is going to bump in, or excuse me, one of the characters is going to bump into an NPC from four sessions ago. I might include that part where they bumped into each other mm. last time 
in yeah. the intro. To yeah. It's like Game bring... of Thrones, where the previously yep. on gives you a hint about what might be happening in the episode. Exactly, right. exactly that. And I, and I like it because it's um, it's fun for me, and I can act things out. <clears throat> but I, I also feel like it helps my players to remember, oh, okay, all right, here we go. Oh, I remember that, yeah, yeah. And kind of keep mm. up to speed without having to do a, you know, hey, everybody, here's a sheet of paper about what happened last, you know, session here's a list right. of all the plot hooks i've given you no so it's a <laughs> it's it's something that i really enjoy bringing to the table yeah absolutely yeah that's something i need i need to do more of i think that's a, that's a great way to do it it gets people kind of into the mood it's the um it sets the tone for the uh the session and yeah. <clears throat> it kind of gets everyone back where they were when they yeah. left yeah. Yeah, it's, you're right. It's like a reset button in a little bit because, yeah. you know, it's been a week or more <clears throat> since we've last played. So now everybody's back sitting around the table mm-hmm. and we're all stuffed with food and, you know, making fart jokes. And now it's like, oh, okay, time for the game. You know, that's yeah. that's probably yeah. the thing it does for and me. And I, I like that. It's like it's like if the the lake is freezing and instead of diving off the dock into it, you're kind of wading into the water a little bit and so that mm-hmm. that intro just sort of like like you're saying alex it like sets the mood it immerses you and gets you yeah. into that into the world a little bit uh easier and more gradually than it's like okay let's go all right so you guys yeah. are you know for it sure. just works a little bit better for that yeah awesome and if you do it often enough it, it becomes kind of an anchor like 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 you were saying barker people kind of joking around and you know doing you know small talk until you know but once you start that introduction their minds shift automatically once yeah. you know once they understand that that's what that is it's the yep. dimming of the lights before the concert right right something that i bring to the table uh every game is my little my little notebook um i used to type out all my prep and um i would always keep it to one page but i would type it out and i would sort of um have little bullet points for each location or scene that was going to happen but uh, recently I found that when I type it out, I don't retain it as much. And I found myself referencing it too often. And so what I've started doing is I've started writing everything in this little notebook. And it's just a, a little moleskin uh, mm-hmm. notebook with graph paper on the inside so I can do little maps and things if I yeah. need to. But mm-hmm. I find that writing it down almost makes it so that I don't even need the notes. It's more just like yeah. reaffirming for me like the things that I want to include. And my new my new prep method, uh, Barker had had mentioned the Iyer method, which I was using for a while, but mm-hmm. now I've sort of I have uh, I I list uh, three people, three places, three plot points, three encounters, mm-hmm. and three cool things uh, that I want to include in the session. And it's that each thing gets one line and it's mm-hmm. one page, and I I don't go yeah. beyond that. And most of the time, I find that I don't even need a full page. You know, I just write down just the barest details because Mm -hmm. I find that if I'm, if I am looking down at notes while I'm trying to describe or narrate, um, it immediately breaks my concentration and my focus. And Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not in the game anymore. I'm elsewhere. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sitting at my desk looking at a piece of paper rather than inhabiting the world with players. Or even worse, if you're looking at your notes and reading notes while one of the players is describing something that their character is doing. And then you miss it, yeah. And you miss it, or it's like, oh, yeah, 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 that's a great thing. Yeah, cool, man, yeah, all right. Well, do I succeed? Uh, At what? At what, yeah. (laughs) Yes. All right. 
Sweet. Well, that depends, man. What are you, uh, what are you trying to do there? <laughs> depends, man. You sounded like the dude just then. That got I did. Me. I did. That's just but like I, your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I come, I come with one page of notes, and uh, mm-hmm. I always have um, the page of notes and then the facing page blank mm-hmm. so that I can write stuff down during the right. session on the <clears throat> blank page. And so oh, nice. that way I'm never turning pages. That is... My biggest no-no for me when I'm running a game is if I have to turn a page or rifle through pages, it's over. Like, I've completely lost my, my concentration and my focus. So I want everything on right in front of me. I don't have to flip through. Mm-hmm. I don't have to look at anything. So, yeah. That's super. Now, the Moleskine yep. you use, does yeah. it, it has, like, lined paper and graph paper in it? No. So it's, um, it's just graph paper. Um, and for some reason I like doing my, my prep notes like on graph paper. For sure. Okay. I cool. just, I like the, I don't know. It just makes me think of RPGs cause that's what I've mm-hmm. always used graph paper for. Like in school, yeah. when we finally <laughs> got to use graph paper, I was like, oh yeah, dungeon paper. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I know that this is. Give me y a equals shit. MX plus B on the dungeon <laughs> yeah. paper. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm going to put orcs over here. I don't know why I just am now from the East coast, but I, well, I was apparently when I was Welcome. a child. Yeah. Yeah. Now, oh, I, 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 I still have a weird uh, uh, graph paper fetish. It's like I can't, yeah. you know, if you see, if I walk past any like in a store, it'll, my eyes just are drawn to it. Yep, you like Ooh. stare at it. It ends yeah. up in your graph shopping paper. cart, man. Graph yep. paper. Graph, <laughs> I need that. I need that. You're like, ooh, this graph paper has brown lines instead of blue. Oh, oh man. I must add or, it to or, my or better, one of the ones with it had the, it had the big squares and then it was subdivided into ten oh, squares in the middle. Oh. That is awesome. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I know, right? Man, I got to change my shorts You're going to need to buy me dinner first, man. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right, Alex, you're up. Let's go to me. Okay. Um, Another tool I I, I like to use is um, I want want lists of things that I can access quickly, like uh, usually a list of NPCs. Uh, usually, uh, and again, it depends on what I'm running. Like, uh, I'm running some, uh, some modern stuff lately. So what I might have is a list of characters who the, uh, that the PCs might, um, decide to run into, you know, because, Mm. you know, I I don't, you know, control what they do. So I want to have things that would, that, that they might possibly run into. So if it's, if they're in a city, I might have you know, uh, kind of a generic kind of shop clerk, for example. And I might have some notes saying, you know, you know, liquor store, uh, um, a newspaper stand or whatever, you know, and, and have, you know, things about that. And then, and then, you know, listen notes, a name, personality, um, interesting features, that kind of thing, but just little, little, little tiny blocks of these things. And I just keep them on hand. And if I, once I use them, then they get, a mark next to them knowing that they've been used for they've been used now so mm-hmm. i can't access those for anything else now yeah um, that's really you, cool you, yeah. you don't want to run to bob the store clerk at eight times unless it's that kind of game yeah um, <laughs> unless it's that kind of game he gets around <laughs> let's be honest if we're talking bob i was thinking like agent smith you know kind of thing where it just, yeah. brrr, just morphs into every story you go into and it's him again <laughs> uh so yeah so but also uh, in a case of say um, a more medieval city might have um, a list of goods available, things like that. Yeah. So, I, you know, basically I like to have these lists for when uh, PCs do things that are unexpected, but you need immediate access to things, especially characters, because that's a big one for me. I want when the 
PCs do something, I want them to feel like I expected it all along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it it should it it should not feel improvised, and that's and that's what I really try hard not to do. I don't want I'm like ah, oh, his name is Berberisness Kinfin. Oh, Berberisness Kinfin. Yeah, yeah. So not only yeah, not only have you painted yourself into a corner, but because you now have to try and spell and remember that name, but you know they they it's it's pretty clear that you you didn't know you know you weren't prepared for that. Everyone knows it now. Yeah, exactly. For sure. So yeah, lists of NPCs, <clears throat> names, stuff like that. Yeah, NPCs yeah. or and or you know, uh, you know, other other things they might need to access. Whether it's um, the contents of you know a belt pouch or someone's pickpocketing, or the contents of you know someone's wallet, you know that kind of thing. Just you know, for sure, awesome. things that they might access. Cool, Matt. Do you use lists? Yeah, uh, I have I have two lists that I have with me pretty much at all times folded up. Um, one of them is a list of NPCs. Uh, um, it's names and also brief physical descriptions because <clears throat> I like to have little, you know, it's always little quirks like he has one eye or he has a bum leg or, you know, he's a scratchy voice or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then um, a list of uh, traps, actually, because I don't use traps often, but I'm terrible at coming up with traps on the fly. So that's something that I always like to have on hand is just like one page of just uh, a few different kinds of traps that I can use and sort of modify uh, to my needs. Very cool. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> okay, so the next thing that I bring to the table uh, is... Okay, this is the thing that I actually bring to the game because there are a couple other things on my list that I'm making right now that I don't... <clears throat> actively have in front of me during a game but the thing that i do is i I call them uh my card stocks basically every encounter every idea that i have for the game you know matt you put on like a line you know or or something like that Mm -hmm. i put on a sheet of card stock one-sided i'll have you know like uh when uh the the winds of sursaline encountered the uh the, the mania orchid which is a hallucinogenic plant in the forest uh, in that region, it, that was on its own page. And I, the description of it, the stats of it, you know, I will make a photocopy of a stat block of an enemy and I will cut it out and I will paste it to cardstock or I'll tape it to cardstock. And a lot of people think that this, this is a little too much work. Um, you're not wrong, but I, 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 I need it in front of me you know, that tactile. Mm-hmm. And I like cardstock because what I end up doing is I end up, you know, running the encounter and I mm-hmm. always leave space on it for notes. Actually, if you watch my, mm-hmm. uh, on the be a better game master channel, the planning and organization video part one, you'll see me do exactly this. Mm-hmm. I leave part for notes and I'll, 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 uh, I'll take notes during the encounter. And when the game session is done, I will file it in my campaign binder. And so when I flip through the campaign binder, it's just a bunch of card stock sheets filled with all the stuff that the characters have gone through. Mm-hmm. And um, I just like the feel of it. It's definitely yeah. not for everybody, but I just love having, like starting a game with four or five sheets of card stock in front of me that I can flip through or, you know, one at a time. They're, they're organized in the order that I think they'll be relevant in. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, especially because in the Winds of Sursaline game, you know, to be honest, the the game is a little bit more straightforward. You know, that's one of the things that Tim asked for when we started playing is something that felt like an old school D&D game, a, kind of a tropey game. And yeah. so, you know, it's very straightforward missions, things like that. Um, but I, I don't know. I just like the feel of those pages in front of me. 
Yeah, no, I, I find that, you know, I'm a, like, I'm a computer guy. I love computers. I love, like, I, I'm on my phone all the time. Um, I love, like, Google Drive and writing things on Google Drive. But for D&D, like, I'm, like, old school tactile. Mm. Like, I need the graph paper in front of me. I need the dice. I need yeah. the book, you know? Like, I, mm-hmm. I, for some reason, that's just how I have to run games, even though in the rest of my life... That's not really how it is, you know? Yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> absolutely right. There's something about, like you mentioned earlier, committing something to memory, you know, yeah. something about writing it down. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's absolutely true. Um, before we go on to the next one, I just want to sh- do one more because it relates to the last one. Mm-hmm. I keep a music stand. Yeah. I go to Guitar oh, Center, go to a place, <clears throat> get, get a cheap music stand and keep it mm-hmm. next to you because it holds everything that you yeah. can't fit on the table. Yeah. Your books, your cardstock, whatever you're using. Yeah, I've used a music stand in the past for my monster manual. Um, oh, just nice. so I don't have to have it open in front of me, but I can easily just glance over and see, oh, yep, AC mm-hmm. 18 or whatever. So yep. I definitely recommend that. Yeah. Also, if you get a metal one, it's magnetic. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, you can put magnets on it that make you happy. <laughs> <laughs> you can have a magnet that says, good job, buddy. <clears throat> And it makes you feel good. It makes you feel good about what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You get the the pregame jitters and you look over and you see, good job, buddy. And you're like, yeah. Oh, man. Those jitters are gone. Another thing that I bring to the table um, is uh, my GM screen. Uh, I love screens. Uh, I like the low screens, like the the landscape screens. I I Mm. grew up with like the portrait screens, which are a little bit too high. I feel like I'm always like, barely looking over the lip of them at my players and so the the nice (laughs) low screen helps me feel like i'm you know at the table with the players but i like a screen for multiple reasons one it makes it so that players can't really tell what i'm doing behind the screen and that's not so i can fudge rolls or whatever but it's just you know looking at notes looking at stat blocks if i have miniatures or terrain that i might be using i Mm. can keep them hidden behind there i also just love the quick reference on that are, that is available on most screens. Um, yep, yeah. You know, like I, the, the fifth edition screen is one that I'm using a lot right now. And I actually, I really like that one because it's, <laughs> it's a screen that uh, has like all the information that I need, but no like mm. extraneous information. Like I find sometimes yeah. screens put too much information on the screen yeah. and you sit there and like scanning it. Like, Oh, I don't know where that mm. is on this screen. Um, but I also like screens because you can put your own information up there. You can put, a yeah. post-it note or uh, folded up index cards to keep track of initiative. Yep. Um, you can, uh, like I for on my fifth edition screen, I actually still have it paper clipped on there. There's an index card with the provoker's AC, passive perception, and initiative on there. So I know I can just glance up and I know, you know, um, at a moment's notice who needs to go, what their AC yep. is, what their passive perception is. And so the screen for me is just... Um, it's a really nice out of the way surface that I can use for easy, quick reference, like boom, glance yeah. up, you know, use it. So, and I, I like uh, screens with roll tables on them uh, specifically mm-hmm. because that to me is like, like uh, I think the fifth edition one has like, uh, like 20 random events. 
So it's like if I if I absolutely oh, am just stuck, I can roll a d20 and it's like, <laughs> oh, a, a thief runs by, or uh, um, you know, uh, you guys you guys find a weird coin on the ground. You know, it's just weird stuff like yeah. that. So yep. I I really like things like that. And the more tools I have at my disposal that I'm comfortable using for improv, um, the better mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love that. I, re- stuff. I really miss GM screens. I, I, <clears throat> since I do most of my gaming online now, I haven't used one in quite a long time, but yeah. I really do miss them. You know that that was always. Uh, 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 a lot of fun. I, uh, um, but like you were saying, Matt, to get those extra notes, um, uh, I kind of print up my own little cheat sheet now, and I guess that's kind of you know my next one. But yeah. basically, a, a cheat sheet with uh, important rules to remember, you know, yeah. and and ones that, and especially more the more, some of the more obscure ones. I mean, most of the basic ones everyone knows, but you know, uh, like grappling or. Um, you know, ch- certain chase rules or whatever it happens to be, but, but keep them all, you know, easily accessible so you're not flipping through the book, uh, you know, every time uh, a rules question comes up for something, you know, specific or, you know, something you don't use very often. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, no, I really like that. And I do, I do want to mention that uh, <laughs> I still use my screen for online games because I have my monitors uh, up on stands. And when mm-hmm. I say stands, I mean cardboard boxes. So they're up. Um, <laughs> really professional stands. Yeah, uh, really homemade. professional stand. Yeah, Home homemade design. stands uh, from Amazon uh, specifically. <laughs> but they, they sit up on these boxes so that they're at my eye level when I'm sitting. Yeah. But they're also at the perfect level where I can put that screen in front of them and I can oh, still neat. see the monitors perfectly. Yes. So I, st- I still nice. use my screen for online games. Yeah. That's great. That's an awesome idea. Yeah. Um, I, I had a great screen a long time ago. Heather made me one. It It was you know, made with black duct tape and magnets. So it had a magnetic sheet on the back. So I could like magnetize things. And, uh, I designed my own charts that I wanted and it was a Mm trifold, but it also had a piece that, that folded down in front of me. So it was like a trifold and one in the, in the middle on flat on the table in front of me. And it was stolen out of my car. Dude, no. Really? Most, I swear to God. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's bizarre. Maybe Some if we have time at the end, I'll games tell that story. With that, with that dope yeah. custom GM screen, dude. I'll, I'll tell you that story at the end of this episode if we have time. Okay. But, awesome. Oh my God. I, uh, I've actually, that's something that I've wanted to do for a long time is just like get some like wood and stain it and some hinges and make my own yeah. wooden screen and then just use like binder clips for different sheets that I want to keep on. That, yeah. yeah, exactly. We had a, uh, it was sheet protectors that were taped in so I could slide the sheet into the sheet protector. Oh, perfect. Yeah. 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 yeah See, that's nice. Well. Very versatile. One of, the cooler, <laughs> one of the cooler wooden screens I had seen was, uh, it was a wooden screen, but it had a dice tower built into I've it. I've seen those. Oh, those are so yeah. cool. Yeah. And, and it was half, you know, but you could roll on either side. So you could roll so it came out on your side of the screen or on the player's side of the screen. Right. So that I was, love I thought, that. I thought, yeah, that was, that was cool. That's, that's really awesome. Neat. Uh, what about you, Alex? What's your next one? Um, well, I use a lot of uh, online stuff, really. Like uh, we've talked about Donjon before, which I highly recommend for anyone ro- running uh, um, well, almost any kind of game. I love but I also have, But I also have some uh, quick uh, name generators. And there's one site that I've mentioned before, too, that, that generates, uh, uh, generates a, a, a random language. Like what you do is you you, t- you can type in something. It doesn't matter what you type in really, but I always try to type in what they're saying, and then it gives you a um, you know basically this fake language based on what you typed in. Yep. And so 
you know, like if, if – and you pick – is it harsh? Is it melodic? Is it – you know, what type yeah. of language is it? And it will generate this random text for you that you can read out. Because it's always hard if, you, if, if they run into someone who doesn't speak their language, you have to kind of make up – what what the uh, what the thing is saying and it, it never comes out sounding like a real language it's always like blah, 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 you know it, it doesn't make have that realistic feel to it true true but this <clears throat> but these actually do it's like you know and see so even that didn't sound very good but no that was great <laughs> i, I, I should have had it open but you well, know what's the website called actually uh let me let me let me look because you know you got to find it yeah i I was uh, unprepared, I'm afraid. Oh, no worries. I missed, I missed the first step. You forgot to bring your tools to the podcast <laughs> about tools. I didn't know there'd be a test. <laughs> um, yeah. Like Matt was saying, though, while you look that up, Don John is also a great one. You know, yeah. Any, yeah. any website that does that, you know, creator. It's almost like that roll table you were talking about in your DM screen, Matt. Like, yeah. if you're stuck, you know. If for some reason you need to find out the phases of the moons in your world, yeah, exactly. you can freaking yeah. do it. Yeah. Okay. The The website is chaoticshiny.com. Yeah. Chaotic oh, shiny. Okay, cool. Yeah. And they have, they, have a, they have another whole bunch of generators, but to me, the the, the language one is, is my personal favorite for, for, for this site because I've never seen another site do anything like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it just it, it it it's always a lot easier to fake a language that, that you can just read, you know, on the screen. Absolutely. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, I mean, I suppose we could uh, uh, make it more concise and just say, uh, you know, if you're using a computer, having uh, online generators at hand is uh, is always good. And if you do it analog, then um, having a book of tables. Yeah, for sure. And and I think that you know one of the things that is important is that even if you don't use a computer at your gaming table, mm-hmm. it can't hurt an hour before the game to get on these sites, uh, yeah. look at you, utilize the computer or utilize any of these tools. Cause right. the next one I'm going to talk about is one that I never use at the table. It's always before the game, sometimes mm-hmm. days before the game. And I will eat my hat, which I don't own one cause I don't wear hats. Cause I, my head looks really <laughs> weird when I wear hats. I'm, you won't believe it, how crazy it looks. Um, but I will eat my uh, figurative hat if I've not plugged this before. I have a book called The Positive Trait Thesaurus. Uh, and mm-hmm. actually, it's there, it's a three-book series uh, by Angela Ackerman. And it is, I think they're all by Angela Ackerman. Um, mm-hmm. But one is called The Positive Trait Thesaurus. The other is called The Negative Trait Thesaurus. And the last one is called The Emotion Thesaurus. Now, I build all all my NPCs now with these books. Um, let's say I want an NPC to be greedy. I wish I had these books in front of me. Um, or, or <laughs> nervous, right? They're, or maybe they're, you know, they stole something, but they don't want anyone to know it. I look up nervous in the negative trait thesaurus, and it, not only will it tell me, uh, you know, I'll, not only will nervous be in there, but it'll tell me what sort of physical features this NPC will display because they're nervous. Mm, sweaty oh, nice. palms, uh, s- speaking quickly, uh, stuttering. Real, I mean, really in-depth stuff. It's often dozens of things. And I'll write that down on the cardstock that I use. Um, I'll use them for positive traits, negative traits. Uh, <clears throat> when I was playing Dice and the Provokers, I was wondering how would this person react if he's fighting for the first time? So I remember looking yeah. up a trait in the one of the thesauruses or in the emotion thesaurus, I think is the one I looked it up in. And I found out, you know, different uh, 
uh, speaking verbal tics that he would have because mm-hmm. he was so maybe afraid or whatever. Yeah. It really worked out for me. And I cannot re- recommend these books enough. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That, that sounds really cool. What, what, what's the name of that again? Okay. So one, uh, the positive trait thesaurus, the mm-hmm. negative trait thesaurus and the emotion thesaurus. Uh, you can get them all on Amazon, all three of them for $44.33. I think they're about, um, $16 a piece paperback. Uh, mm. You can also get them on Kindle for six bucks each. Awesome. Oh, man. That's not bad. And I don't, I don't like to plug products because what works for me might not work for you. But if, so if I do plug a product, it means that I'm like, dude, I'm sold on this. It's changed my meta for how right. I prepare for a game. So right. 100%, I can't, I can't plug it enough. That's awesome, man. What about you, Matt? Um, so I'm going to, uh, go ahead and let's see what else. Oh, I know what I was going to talk about. Index cards. Um, I will keep index cards around, uh, just because like I find myself, uh, needing them to like, if I want something for a later session or a cool idea that I have spur of the moment or, um, I've even started um, when I when I create my own um, NPCs or monsters that I want the characters to fight. I write down their basic stats, everything I need in a combat on an index card, and then I can keep track mm-hmm. of their HP and stuff on there too. But I like the index cards because I can I can sort of use them as like bookmarks in my little notebook that I talked yeah. about earlier. Where mm-hmm. if I have an idea that I want to use in a session, I'll put that index card in there. You know, so it's like, oh, oh cool. okay, here's the session, here's my notes, here's my blank piece of paper. Oh, and here's this index card about this NPC or this monster that they're going to fight or this item that they're going to find. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a good way for me to have. I mean, I just I love index cards. I love that you can. Like, you can use them for a bunch of different things, and I've even used them in the past to, like, map out a campaign. Like, I write down cool events I want to happen, and I kind of, like, order them and structure them in terms of importance or uh, chronologically or something or any anything like that. I uh, find that they're really good for that. And uh, Post-it notes, too, would serve a yeah. similar purpose, and I've used those in the past as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Index cards are a common screenwriting method too yes yeah that's initially where i where i picked up using index cards was when i was doing a lot of creative writing in college um for my major and uh i just sort of carried that with me and then i i ended up reading uh lazy dungeon master and he's a big advocate for the three by five index cards as well so and uh in the past i've used different colored index cards to denote Mm -hmm. different things but I found that that's just, it's a little too finicky for me. So I've just sort of scaled it back and simplified it. And for now, it's just like, I always have every session, two or three index cards with an easy reach if I need them. And the cool part about that also, is you mentioned earlier, that you don't want to put things on different pages in your notebook because yes. you don't want to be flipping through pages. Index cards you can just have next to the notebook. Exactly. And they just, yeah. I, I usually, I can fit two or three just sitting there, uh, you know, next to the notebook and... Uh, if I need to, you know, push them around or flip them around, like it's not a big deal. So, yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. Uh, Alex. Oh, let's see. I don't use them so much anymore, but I, I've always liked to use, uh, props, you know, like, oh, I, like yeah. I, I always mm-hmm. like to have something, uh, whether it's a letter that the, that the characters receive or, um, uh, you know, so, something to hand out. And and it's a it's a lot harder to do that online, really. But uh, uh, I, you know, I, I always I always love that thing because it, it really helps to again set set the mood for 
for what you're doing. Yep. Um, I suppose you could include in things like that the the ambiance of of your set of the way your game is set up too. Again, this is more around the table kind of stuff where you know if you have music playing, if you have the lights dim, and you know you're playing with just candles, for example. Uh, not always practical, but depending on the kind of game, it can really be effective. Um, I, I've run a game under candlelight, and it was yeah. awesome. I was yeah. it was like a horror yeah. themed, and I had. My yeah. wife, I, I sent her a text message when I wanted her to bang on the wall or something like that. It was really good. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, I actually, I actually thought of that as a cool thing to do if you were doing the uh, um, the one with the Jenga tower. Um, uh, dread. 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 Yeah, because uh, there you, you don't have to really read much, right? So uh, it's a lot easier to have dimmer lights and then just have like this one single red light over the tower. You know, oh, like yeah. pointing down and like lighting it up blood red or something like that. I love that. That would be a cool idea. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess, you know, uh, whether it's props or, or uh, you know, I, I, your surrounding area is, is sort of a prop to get to get the mood going. I, I think I love I used to love doing that. And that's, again, something I miss by not doing in-person games as much anymore. But, you know, one thing you do, Alex, is when we were playing the pipeline game, you created mm-hmm. a, a prop that you could email us. It was a letter. That's true. Yeah, when I got that, that letter, true. I'm sure I've said this before, but when I got that letter, I thought it was an actual like news article, and I was like, what happened up there with the pipeline? And you're like, no, this is for the game. Like, I'm dumb. I'm stupid. That's true. I do, I do, try, I do try to include uh, electronic props when I can, and, and mm-hmm. um, they, can, they can feel, um, you know, real. That, it does work better with a modern setting, though, you know, because then it feels more natural to see on your computer screen versus... Um, you know, a letter from, you know, uh, someone in the 12th century, for example. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, I just realized, actually, in looking at Amazon at these uh, thesauruses, thesauri, mm-hmm. thesauri, thesauri. Uh, <laughs> that there's actually two more that I don't have that I'm absolutely going to be ordering today. The, add to cart. Yes, add to cart. <laughs> uh, urban setting thesaurus and rural setting thesaurus. Ooh, very cool. Ooh. Yeah, that's going on the shelf for sure um so the the last thing i've got on my list Mm -hmm. is something very similar to the positive trait books um in that i don't bring it to the table but i'll spend some time looking through the binder before the game i'm a big fan of raging swan press yeah huge Mm -hmm. fan just roll tables like crazy and my favorite products of theirs which you can get on drive through are their Setting dressing. Their wilderness is some of my favorite. Uh, they have desert, forest, um, all dressing. That's It's stuff that is all look and feel and environment, no mechanics. And mm. I really like that because I know I have, I have this huge binder, and I call it my sandbox binder. Mm-hmm. And I, it's, everything's divided with dividers, right? <clears throat> so I have mm-hmm. all the desert in one place, all the forest, all the jungle forest, all the um, magical forest, all the swamp, all the at sea, maybe they're on a boat somewhere at sea. Mm-hmm. There's just tons of them. And I know that if my players, <clears throat> excuse me, if their characters are in a certain environment, I can flip to that environment, look through mm-hmm. it, and pick one or two things to include. They're just inspirational places, things that the mm-hmm. characters might yeah. see, you know, uh, an example might be, uh, you know, in, inside of a forest, a flock of, you know, uh, birds fly out of a tree randomly. Mm-hmm. 
a pounce yeah. of cats emerges from the bush. A pounce of cats emerges from the bush. And I'll throw that in the game and it's just dressing. You know, it's not yeah. something, you know, but it might lead me to say, ooh, why are they flying out? Here's a plot hook. Something like that. So mm-hmm. I keep my sandbox binder and I open it up and I flip to the environment that the characters are in and uh, I, you know, find something that appeals to me. And that is a very yeah. specific thing yeah. I use. So you might not use it, but highly recommend yeah. it. I, I like I like the name even is the sandbox binder because really yeah. that's what that's what it's all about is is getting that, um, uh, you know that that that's where your improvisational tools come from yeah so that that that's what you're going to be using uh, to flush out a world because um, I, I'm I'm just not the kind of person who can write up an entire adventure in in minute detail like you know like one would for you know say a a, a published yeah. adventure module mm-hmm. right. You know, that, that's really hard for me to do. And a lot of people say things <clears> like, <throat> you know, I I don't want to prep. How do you just improv? And part of me is, I, I always want to respond, improv is just a different type of prep. Yeah. You know? yeah. Looking yeah. through the binder, looking through the thesaurus, <clears throat> you know, really reading books, watching movies, things. That is prepping for an improv session. So Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if we go around one more time, then we got Matt and Alex before we take a question, if you guys want to go. Yeah, sure. I have one more thing. Rad. <clears throat> Uh, so this this one's a little weird, uh, but it's it's something that um, is important to me. And I see I see D and D and RPGs in general and running the game as almost ritualistic. And that's <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that, you know not not in a satanic ritual sort of way. Uh, parents in the seventies, yeah, sure. sorry, but more so like uh, there are certain things that I associate with the game and certain things that I bring with me to every game, mm-hmm. almost like totems um and uh, I've, ne- I've never talked about this but i have a a specific tankard that i drink out of whenever i'm playing D, and people will probably have noticed this it's a big white ceramic tankard oh, and i yeah. in almost every provoker session you can see me drinking out of it <laughs> um i also have a, a dwarven coin it's like a bronze dwarven coin it has two hammers mm-hmm. on it and runes along the edges um that I tend to play with if I get anxious or nervous. You may, you if you watch the games, you will sometimes see me grab a coin and I will be moving it between my fingers as I'm talking or listening. Um, and that's always sitting uh, behind my mm. screen as well. And then nice. the third thing is my owl bear miniature because oh. owl bears <laughs> are my very very favorite thing. And I have this adorable <laughs> owl bear miniature that is always on my desk or behind my screen, no matter if I'm using him or not. So yeah. those those three things they like they don't help me run the game. They do nothing to help me run the game, but they it's just part of the ritual of it. You know, like. I would argue but, that they do. Well, yeah, they do, yeah. Yeah, I would, yeah, yeah. I, would say yeah. The same thing. I, I, I think so too. And you know, people say like, make going to the gym a ritual. Make yes. it like you know, make you know, t- do the same thing every time when you get ready to go to the gym, yeah. so it becomes a ritual. You know, and that's for me for D and D. It's like, okay, I'm gonna get some water or root beer or something in my tankard. I got my coin and I got my owl bear. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's basically like, okay, I got my I got my stuffed animal and my blankie. I'm ready to go to sleep. Like, it's yeah, the same. I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah, don't underestimate the power of ritual. I mean, yeah. uh, like, like like Barker was saying about, you know, ha- having that introduction as, as part of a ritual. Because, again, you, you're you're not only establishing yep. uh, the beginning for the players, but also for yourself. And those there are are, are, uh, are anchors for you. Those, those, yeah. those, those, those the, the, the moment they come out, your, your brain starts to get in that space. Yeah. And, and, and the more you use it, the power more, the stronger it gets. 
Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. So I would I would urge people who are running games or even playing in games. I have I have totems for playing in games too. I have a I have a wand that I use whenever I'm playing Orin in the Winds of Sirsaline, and I don't always brandish it on screen, but I always have it uh, yeah. in front of me. And it, it you know find your totem. Find you know maybe it's a special D twenty that you only bring out if you're really trying to give the players a run for their money, or a special coaster that you put your drink on, or a, a, a special drink. Note. Yeah, a special drink, uh, something that you drink every time. Or, hey, a magnet that says, good job, buddy, that you put on your music stand. I always GM with a bottle of scotch. So <laughs> fuck you. Just, yeah, so find find what works for you. Find your totem and bring it with you to every game, and it, it helps. It really does. That's a really great, great yeah. idea. Love it. Uh, Alex, do you have any? So, oh, I, I'm, I'm batting clean up. Okay, uh, <laughs> I, w- I would sports I would, reference. Wow, I know, right? Damn, uh, that is surprises. No, uh, I guess uh, one of the ones I, I again I don't get to use it as often, although I might start to, is uh, an hourglass. You know, like a, especially like an egg timer, one of the short three minute ones. Um, uh, because again, th- I, I always pull those out when, uh, when you know, when time is an issue. Yeah. You know, when, when you when you want to build that tension, and you want to get that time going, and um, I, we we I just I only just found or someone found it for me, a uh, a timer you can use on uh, Google Hangouts. Ooh. Oh, and, wow. and, and and so what happens is you know, this, this little clock will appear on the screen and it just starts counting down. You know, so uh, that that that's kind of cool. Um, so I, I may I may try and start to use that because I haven't really used the timer again since I've been online gaming. Yeah. Uh, but that. That gives you know it would, it would look kind of lame trying to hold the timer up to the uh, up to the camera you know, mm-hmm. to keep it in focus and it's like ooh doesn't this look scary you know ooh I can't you really know. tell how much time we've got left <laughs> exactly yeah. but but the but the little the little timer there that does actually kind of you know I think I think could fill that uh, to some degree but I, I like the idea of having a timer so when you want to apply that extra pressure uh, to get them to feel like this is urgent. We need to do something quickly. You bring out the timer. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really good. I also love the hourglass idea. Like for a table game, yeah. I love that idea. Uh, one of the things I'll do when I'm playing Dread is to make it a little more difficult for the players. You know, instead of you know, instead of saying, "All right, you need to pull two blocks," I'll say, "You know, you need to pull one block in three seconds, or two mm-hmm. blocks in five. You know, I'll, I'll time them while they're pulling blocks. Yeah, and that'll you know just. <laughs> the concept of time being a tool is because it wasn't stressful enough before that. Yeah, no, exactly. You have the, (laughs) I love that game because you'll be like, okay, all right. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to do this very heroic thing. And then all of a sudden the tower shutters and it's like, no, maybe not. So you add time to that. No, I don't think so. (laughs) Well, today has been one gargantuan idea you can steal. Uh, words that I learned from Dungeons and Dragons. Gargantuan. Um, <laughs> let's close it out by uh, taking a question from the listeners. And this one is from a Nathan C. Um, my question is this. Is there a small set of tools and techniques that you would recommend every GM bring to the table regardless of the game they are running? Um, anybody want to spearhead this? No matter the game tool that you gotta bring, like you have to bring, other than yourself. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna super take a cop out answer here, okay, and say 
bring whatever makes you feel confident and comfortable. Mm, and okay. it might be uh, a certain book that you always have with you. It might be a certain way that you prep. It might be a deck of cards. It might be a certain D20. Just bring whatever helps you feel more comfortable behind the screen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that is a super cop-out answer, but I mean, no. it, it really does depend on your style, on your players, on the game that you're running. And um, it just takes a little bit of effort and a little bit of self-reflection to figure out like, you know what? I used this last time and it worked really well. So I'm going to I'm going to work that into my routine and, uh, you know, just getting rid of bad habits and uh, promoting your good habits. Yep. I'm going to say a single sheet of blank paper, single sheet of paper. And the reason why is this is 100 percent for your notes during the game. Because when the game is over, you want to be able to look down at that sheet of paper and see all the names that you made up, all the yeah. towns that you made up, <clears throat> all the plot hooks that you just improvised and threw out there. You don't want to forget those. Yeah. Uh, one of the benefits of playing online is that you can rewatch the games. Um, yeah. So I would actually recommend that sheet of paper. I'm actually going to jump in and do a second yeah. one. I do a voice yeah. recorder at every single table session. I record yeah. the session. Oh, really? mm. Yeah, I love it. And, and you might tell the players like, Hey, I'm not going to post this or anything. Like I'm not going to take the, mm-hmm. the audio yeah. and put it on the internet. This is just <laughs> for my prep. Make sure everyone's comfortable with it. Um, yeah, yeah. just check in first, but I always keep a voice recorder so I can go back. And while I'm cleaning the house or something, put in my headphones and listen to the game session. And you'd be surprised how much stuff you're like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Right. That's going to be a plot hook in the next session. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, GM. I mean, I, I tend to run so bare bones anyway. It would, it would drive a lot of GMs nuts. But I guess, uh, um, I, I guess I'll do kind of a cop out too, and, and and say that the timer, if 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 uh, is 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 a good one to bring. It's it's simple, um, and and it can easily uh, add tension to whatever you're doing, whether it's uh, giving them, you know, giving them some kind of deadline. Yeah, yeah. I got a face full of pizza. Sorry. <laughs> It doesn't have to be an hourglass. It can, it can be, it can be, you know, if, you, if you've got a, you know, if you, if, if you have a, what are, what, are, what do you guys call them these days? A smartphone. Um, <laughs> that, yeah. That, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you can download an, an, an APP to, uh, <laughs> that has some kind of timer on it. You know me. <laughs> oh man, I did that too late. You download an APP, Matt? What? <laughs> Finish the joke. You download an APP? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. You gotta Barker. say, you know, know me. Oh, oh, I'm man. sorry. That, that was a, that yeah. was you. You like uh, slow pitched it to me. That was like, and a, it was right mm. in the where I should have strike. It was in the strike zone, and I just didn't swing at it at all. That was like a blind man <laughs> using a sniper rifle through a, a shit storm yep. while jogging. While jogging. <laughs> while jogging through a shit storm. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, just really quick uh, story at the end about the DM screen. Um, yes. I had the uh, bag of uh, all my D&D books, all my, you know, my DM screen, all this stuff mm-hmm. in the back of my truck. And I also had my laptop computer, which is filled with confidential inter- information because I was uh, working uh, with the court system in my county. And <clears throat> just a lot of expensive stuff, a lot of secret stuff. Mm-hmm. And we were staying at a friend's house and woke up in the morning and the window was busted. Oh, no. And I look in there and my all the confidential information is right there, perfectly safe. 
Somebody busted the window, reached in, grabbed the first bag they saw, and they ho- hoisted up and, oh, man, this is so heavy. It's got to be good stuff. <laughs> Full of D&D books and a DM screen. And oh immediately gosh. I called our local stores and said, hey, there's someone who stole some books. Yeah. You know, and so they're like, yeah, we're not going to accept them. No worries. We'll give you a call if someone stops by. So there's somebody out there who is gaming today. Because of me, <laughs> if you're listening to this right now, I just want I just want you to know, no hard feelings. Put them to good use. Just use them well, right? And uh, he's, he's got that awesome custom DM screen, man, that he's rocking. And whenever you want to get me that three hundred dollars for that window, that'd be great. <laughs> but no rush. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I was just gonna say I had I had my window broken for to, you know to have something stole out of it, uh, and, I, and of course t- this this was a. Uh, uh, a Del- uh, an Oldsmobile Delta 88, so it wasn't a wasn't a fancy car, but <laughs> they and they uh, they, just, they just took a cheap radio. But oh, no. I found it was cheaper to actually just replace the door. Yeah, <laughs> ah, it, no, seriously, I, I went to I went to it. It was like three hundred, like you said, three hundred plus bucks for the window. So I went to a junkyard, found a car, the same car, same color, and bought the door for like twenty five bucks. So yep. <laughs> just replace the door. Go that's on. that's the thing to do, man. Go to the junkyard, find your car, pull the part you need <laughs> off of it. I've done that several times. Yep. Yep. Well, in this oversized episode of Roll Up and Die, uh, thank you so much for, for listening. Uh, we hope that these tools... God, my mouth is watering from this pizza. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, thank you for tuning in. We hope that the tools help you. Uh, that there and by some... tools, he means the three of us. We hope that you, we I, helped yeah, you. We, we are have... total tools. Yep. Um, Anyway, yeah, thank you everybody for tuning in. Keep your eyes on the Facebook post, uh, on our mm-hmm. Facebook page at facebook.com slash die for the upcoming contest for episode 50 and the upcoming live stream. Thank you again. My name is Barker. And my name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnog. And, um, gosh, dang it. I got nothing. Alex? Yeah, uh, no. Okay. You've heard it from the straight from the horse's mouth, ladies and gentlemen. We need to plan these endings. This show has been produced by Roll Up and Die and is copyright 2016. It is owned by all three of the primary hosts. The games, movies, and other super awesome properties mentioned in this show are the property of their respective owners. Stealing sucks. You can find all three of the primary hosts on YouTube and other websites. Matt is at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice. Barker is at youtube.com slash be a better game master. And both of their work can be found at absolutetabletop.com. Captain Gothnog is at youtube.com slash Captain Gothnog. And his work can be found on DriveThruRPG via Critical Hit Publishing. Listeners are free to use this show in any way, shape, or form as long as credit is provided to the Roll Up and Die RPG podcast. Look for other releases of the show on Facebook.com slash RollUpAndDie, iTunes, and RollUpAndDie.Podbean.com. Have a fantastic day, and as always, happy gaming. <laughs>